On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. I think it really gets to the central issue of our competitiveness and are we going to be able to compete not only within the Midwest but throughout the entire country as well. Changes to Iowa's tax laws are fairly certain to happen. The question is how broad the scope will be. You may have enjoyed the recent Super Bowl ads, but did you learn techniques that could help your business? And in our business profile, we'll introduce you to a restaurant that scored a million dollars of business in one location last year alone. This is the Iowa Business Report for the third weekend of February 2022. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. This past Wednesday, the Iowa House passed a bill that would lead to a 4% flat tax for individual taxpayers and eliminate taxes on retirement income. It's similar to a proposal made by Governor Kim Reynolds in her Condition of the State message last month. Meanwhile, the Iowa Senate has plans for a bill with a lower individual rate, as well as reform for Iowa's corporate and business tax rates. Joe Murphy is executive director of the Iowa Business Council and a return guest to this program. I asked him why reducing either or both of these tax rates would be good for Iowa's economy. I think it really gets to the central issue of our competitiveness and are we going to be able to compete not only within the Midwest, but throughout the entire country as well. And so as we look at it, corporate tax rates in Iowa are extremely high. Our top line rate right now is 9.8%. Only two states are higher than that right now, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And by the way, Pennsylvania, their Democratic governor last Tuesday announced changes to their corporate tax system to keep them on the trajectory to go even lower than Iowa. So they're proposing around a 5% corporate tax rate in Pennsylvania. If that were to pass and we were to do nothing, Iowa would be the second highest rate for corporate taxes in America. And that's not a statistic that we're very proud of. And I don't think anybody, Republican or Democrat, wants to be in. And so I think we need to be thoughtful about how we explore these opportunities keeping in mind that we're competing, again, not just in the Midwest for jobs coming in and and companies coming into Iowa, but across the entire country as well. How did Iowa's rate get so high? Was the rate pretty stable, but everybody else changed the playing field on us? Or was Iowa always a little higher than some of our peer states or any state for that matter? I think um, as you look back at history, Iowa has always been pretty high with respect to the business taxes. You know, in, in 2018, legislature took some good steps in overall tax reform, including some reductions to the corporate rate. Our top line rate used to be, as recently as last year, 12%, which was actually the worst in the country. So with those tax policy changes that were voted on and passed and signed by the governor in 2018, fully implemented with this current tax year that we're in right now, we went from 50th in the country to 47th in the country. So we're making some steps in the right direction. But as we've seen over the last you know, 5, 10, 15 years, states around the country and particularly around the Midwest have really moved to lower those rates to again, compete on a national level as we're trying to recruit more companies and individuals into Iowa. So while we're talking a lot about business tax rates right now, I think it's also important to comment also 
on the fact that, uh, as you mentioned, the House took the great step yesterday in, in lowering Iowa's overall individual income tax to a lower rate as well. And that's a good thing. That will help us recruit people to Iowa. Even on an individual tax basis, we're still relatively high in our state compared to other states around the country and, and especially in the Midwest. So we have to, the whole tax system needs to be competitive, right? Both on the individual side and on the corporate side. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that was going to be where I wanted to take this because the business tax rates, I suppose, help you attract new companies, help existing companies expand and make sure that existing companies don't leave. But in order to get the talent to amp up our workforce levels, and you and I and so many others have talked about this for years now, we don't have enough workers to fill the jobs that we could fill. How important is it for the individual income tax rate to slide downward or for there to be some sort of adjustment? I think it's critically important, right? I mean, we know that looking at the data and looking at anecdotal information as our companies, Iowa Business Council companies are out there recruiting talent from a national pool, an international pool for that matter. Individual rates are constantly coming up and not just among high earners, among those earners at the mid-tier, even low tier. I mean, that's a complicating factor for anybody moving in, particularly if you're moving in from a very low tax state, whether you're coming in from South Dakota or Florida or Texas, as we're trying to recruit from a wide variety of different places. And we have operations in a wide variety of different states that have low or no income tax around the country. And so as individuals move around our companies, those state tax brackets and tax rates have a significant impact on the state's ability to bring talent in, no question about it. That's an interesting component that I don't think I've thought about and I don't think we've discussed. The businesses that are members of the Iowa Business Council are multi-state, multinational businesses in many situations. And so I suppose they have certain pressures with regard to expansion, why might they choose to expand here at home, some of them founded here, when it might be more advantageous for them to expand somewhere else? That's got to be a, an interesting dynamic and then again shuffling people around. It is, especially when you're looking at mid-level management and, and leadership development of individuals who, quite frankly, have to go on that tour of duty, so to speak, among different areas around the corporate portfolio around the country. And so, that's definitely a sticking point that that needs to be addressed. And, and I'm glad that the Senate, the House and the governor's office, the governor herself have, have really taken a hard look at that on the individual side. And if anything's going to come out this year, we're very optimistic that individual rates will be acted upon to your earlier point, your beginning point, whether or not they address business taxes, corporate taxes will be the main question. And that's something that our organization continues to remind the legislature about that that's important from a competitive standpoint as we're looking to create jobs and opportunities for Iowans across our entire state. You're not a member of the legislature. You're not the one doing all the ciphering on this, but I'll ask the question anyway. Can we afford this? Can we afford to do both of the reforms that we're talking about, individual income tax, but also another revision to the corporate rate? Yes, I absolutely think we can afford it. And I think the math has proven that out. You know, the, the revenue estimating conference will meet here in less than 30 days, but previous revenue estimating conferences showcase a really strong revenue growth pattern for Iowa. And when you look at the governor's plan in particular, 
she really puts in some specific guardrails unless the state is pulling in a very specific amount of corporate net receipts, money that corporations are paying in corporate income taxes. And so I think having some of those guardrails, having some of those safety mechanisms in place is really important. It's a prudent approach, quite frankly, and I think will enable the state to pay for that with revenue coming in over the course of time. And I think as we look at online sales and everything else and companies sourcing their sales in Iowa, we've seen a great trajectory in corporate tax revenue over the last two or three years as a result of that. And that trend for the foreseeable future will continue. So yes, we can absolutely afford it through ongoing revenue. And if the legislature wants to look at reforming credits, that's a way to accelerate the corporate reductions as well. So there's a lot of opportunities on the table for that. And we'll be looking forward to those discussions. It's pretty amazing that we're having a tax conversation in February. We're used to having these conversations in in April and sometimes even May. And so the fact that we're talking about it early on in session, I think is a positive notion. So hopefully we can get this done here in the next three to four weeks. Joe Murphy of the Iowa Business Council, online at iowabusinesscouncil.org. We spoke via Zoom on Thursday, February 17. Still to come, advertising strategies and a business profile of a growing Iowa restaurant. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. What do Olympic wrestling legend Dan Gable, Hollywood funny man Adam Devine, and America's Got Talent soloist Emily West all have in common? Why, it's Waterloo, of course. These are only a few of the famous, noteworthy, and praiseworthy people who hail from Waterloo, Iowa. Which begs the question, why not Waterloo? I'm Mayor Quentin Hart, inviting you to Waterloo. Come for a visit, stay for the great quality of life. Look us up at cityofwaterlooiowa.com. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. Some watch the Super Bowl for the game, but perhaps even more watch it for the ads. Watching Super Bowl TV ads has become as important a part of the experience as the 60 minutes of football itself. But there are trends you can spot with those high-dollar campaigns that may help you in your business regardless of size. Josh Scheinblum is Chief Creative Officer for Five Seasons Media, based in Cedar Rapids. Well, one thing that we've seen, without a doubt, over the last several years, is that there's been a push to not just get people to watch the ad itself. You know, the Super Bowl is one of the few times of year where people will actually sit down and actively engage with a television commercial. That's frankly why they can charge so much. I mean, it's, it's you know, over $6 million for a 30-second ad. Not exactly a cheap price tag. So when you're paying all of that money just to reserve the placement, you know, these companies are still trying to get the most bang for their buck as possible. And what we've seen is they want people on social media beforehand. You'll see some pre-hype commercials, if you will, to get people to already start to share the content, look forward to the content. Once that ad actually airs, it is without a doubt done with the intention in mind of getting to be a center of conversation and get people to share it. In fact, just given how people watch the Super Bowl, you know, they're trying to expand to an ever wider, more diverse 
fan base, a lot of people, large demo, just tuning in just to watch these ads. So if it wasn't for social media, that is without a doubt what we've seen, a central core part of this ad strategy. But whether or not this is actually working, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know social media, say what you will about it, but that's one of the things we monitor very closely. And it's, it's essential free market research. You want to know how people feel. Nobody holds back on social media. Uh, and it would appear that, you know, there was a ton of ads this year about electric vehicles, uh, there were a ton of ads about cryptocurrency, things that, you know, we really haven't seen quite to this level in the Super Bowl. And, you know, kind of what the Super Bowl is is known for are, is frankly, comedy. Very, very funny things. But just given, I, I would venture, the climate that we're in right now, you saw a lot of corporations, if they tried to venture into that space, we're clearly walking a very, very tight line. Nobody, you, you didn't see anything that uh, at least appeared incredibly edgy. If that worked or not, I mean, my, my guess is for the most part, I think it's fallen flat. This is a year like we've not seen. The ads, what the Super Bowl are so well known for, just not as much of a center of conversation as we've seen in year past. For the record, Josh Scheinblum cited ads for Pringles with a hand stuck in a can. Amazon imagining if Alexa could read your thoughts, cryptocurrency FTX, a commercial featuring comedian Larry David, and Rocket Mortgage's Barbie House ad as ones which stood out in this year's crop. Coming up, taking pizza you can get in Cedar Falls to a national competition. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Imagine a fully restored 1971 VW bus. Now imagine yourself behind the wheel. Wow, groovy ride, man. It's the Camp Courageous 50th Anniversary Raffle, and someone will drive off in that classic VW bus. Go to CampCourageous.org to learn more about purchasing a ticket, raffle ticket information, and more at CampCourageous.org. That's really far out, dude. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review their list of legislative priorities at iowabusinesscouncil.org. In this week's business profile segment, you'll meet Alex Funky of the Chad's Pizza locations in Cedar Falls and Grundy Center. As he explains, it's a brand that is expanding beyond its original home and has big goals. Chad's Pizza has been around for some time. The flagship is in Dyersville, and that is ran by the Chad, Chad of Chad's Pizza. This place here in Cedar Falls has been open a little over seven years now, and Grundy Center just opened about three months ago. So how did you get involved? I started working for Chad when I was a freshman in high school at 14, needed a job, and uh, he was kind enough to offer me that job uh, and fell in love with the product right away. Just really never left. The flagship has a different audience that you're catering to as opposed to Grundy Center, as opposed to Cedar Falls, and for those who are not aware, we are right across the street from the main campus, right on 23rd Street. How does that affect either how you handle the business or what you offer? Well, for the most part, we offer the same kind of stuff. Grundy and Cedar Falls specifically, as I'm involved with these two, have identical menu. 
Uh, Dyersville's a little bit different. We've got uh, some different drink specials specifically here in Cedar Falls for the younger crowd. We do a little bit more social media marketing towards them. But at the end of the day, it's really just, you know, about offering quality products and providing quality service, and the people come for that. The margins in pizza are good. Sandwiches, burgers, that kind of stuff, where Dyersville does a lot of towards the farming family community. Uh, we don't do as much of that here. My idea a while back was to turn sandwiches and things into pizzas. And the more we can offer pizza, that's where just I wanted to take it. To me, it's all about quality. We load up our pizzas. They're thick. Like, for example, if you get one of our frozen pizzas, you got to go about it a different approach than just your regular run-of-the-mill at the grocery store. Take some love, and we recommend a, a special unit for that, uh, either a, a grill, a pizzazz, or a smoker versus the conventional oven. Where do you get the ideas, then, for the different combinations? It comes over time. For example, uh, you know, an employee might come up with something, or a buddy will say, hey, can you do this, and you know, I'll go to the drawing board. It comes over time, and, and practice, kind of trial by error. I've got a really good supplier, and then we just perfect it over time. Multiple different crusts. Tell me about those. We do offer some gluten-free stuff. We carry Udi's brand, which is kind of the, the top quality gluten-free. We get a lot of compliments on that. It's, it's not that thin one that doesn't cook well that comes on the silver tray. And a lot of people will say, don't use that one. We don't have that one. It costs a little more, and, and the people that need it, they, they know it, and, and they're really appreciative that we offer it. We've also got cauliflower from Riches, as well as a broccoli cheddar, and those are both gluten-free as well. So that's the basic crust. So what you're doing is serving the gluten-free market with a couple of very unique varieties. I say unique because I haven't seen them. Are they pretty distinctive for this area of the state? I know one other uh, pizza place in town, they carry the cauliflower one, but I don't know of a whole lot of other places that offer them. What's the secret to being successful? You've got these competitors, these national chains that have these huge advertising budgets and large economy of scale. So what does it take to help you be successful in this business? It's showing up every day, day after day, getting after it, grinding, working hard. And, and the more you do that, the, the more success comes and, and the easier it looks. Uh, there's a lot of things uh, that go on behind the scenes that uh, people don't see. It's, it's showing up every day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, again, going back to our, our main supplier, Performance, who's also uh, one of the main sponsors of the International Pizza Expo of the World, held in Las Vegas, Nevada, coming up March uh, 22nd through the 24th, which we will be at competing. So, yeah, it's just they, they provide uh, a lot of quality ingredients. They're known for pizza specifically. They service a lot of pizza restaurants across mm -hmm. the nation. And uh, like I said, going back to our reps that take care of us, they're very knowledgeable at what they're selling, and they provide us with the opportunity to, to put out a good quality pizza. So how do you get ready for such a thing? And uh, you obviously don't want to reveal necessarily to competitors what you might be bringing out, but give us a sense of what it is that you're actually going to take there and, and put into competition. Sure. Well, this year it's, uh, it's all about the 56319. And how we come up with that is it's a combination of the area codes of Dyersville mm -hmm. and Cedar Falls Grundy Center. The 563 and the 319, we just merged them together. But it's kind of the all-Iowa pizza. 
It's got our homemade ranch, which all Iowans love, of course. Pulled pork, bacon, again, big farming here in oh, Iowa. Yeah. Uh, we put uh, sweet corn on it as well, and uh, we drizzle some barbecue sauce on there and some mozzarella cheese. And uh, we're, we're ready to take home the gold. Where'd the inspiration come? Sure, this, w- this one was uh, actually kind of easy. There were three or four other pizza places that were doing something similar, not those exact ingredients, uh, but they would call it something like a Midwestern or a farmer or something of that nature. And, uh, you know, I just really wanted to come up with a creative title that, uh, you know, brought it home. You did a million dollars of business last year? That is correct. Yep, a million dollars in sales, which was a, a goal for, for a long time. So now we got to come up with some, some loftier goals. That is a lot of pizza and sandwiches and beer and whatever else you have. I mean, that is an awful lot in a year after a pandemic. It, it, is, a, it is a pretty high number. And yeah, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of businesses strive to, to hit that number and, and beyond if they can. How long was that a goal? And how long did it take for you to get there? Sure. So uh, after year one in business, we did uh, a little over a third of a million. And I was like, okay, you know, it it shouldn't take too long to get there. At first, I was thinking maybe our fifth year. And then uh, in January of last year, we came out with the pickle roll-up pizza and the street taco pizza. And those those were really two home runs for us right away. We did uh, our first ever six-figure month. And, you know, in this business, typically January is one of your worst months of the year, but that was uh, the best month we've ever had. We've actually never hit six digits since, but it really gave us a a strong start out of the gate, and we really just kind of coasted from there. Alex Funky of Chad's Pizza in Grundy Center and Cedar Falls. We connected on Monday, February 14. There's much more to the story. To listen to the full interview, go to the IBR Business Profile podcast. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.